Hey, fellow Boundary Breakers, if your current delegation systems are not working to get you out of the day-to-day in your business, there is an exercise on our website that is the first step to get you out of the delegation catch-22. I'm going to throw the link in the show notes for you to go ahead and download. A lot of times when we start looking at accountability, what we have found is we have staff members who are really good at doing tasks. They're good at doing the tasks they are assigned, and they're also good at doing the tasks that are included in their job descriptions. What they're not good at doing is owning those outcomes. So when we start to hold people accountable, what that looks like is providing them with clear expectations of what their job entails. And we do that through writing very detailed and descriptive job descriptions. We do that through creating an accountability chart that defines all of the different functions and processes of the business and assigns someone to oversee those functions and processes. And we also do that through goal planning. Welcome to another episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. I'm your host, Casey Gromer. I am the founder of She Sweet Boutique. With over 20 years of marketing and business management experience, I work with small businesses and female founders using our signature business blueprint. On the show, you get tools, advice, resources, support, and encouragement that resonates with the modern businesswoman. So, fellow boundary breakers, let's dive in. Hello, fellow Boundary Breakers, and welcome to another episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. I'm your host, Casey Gromer, and you are listening to the podcast that challenges all the societal boundaries that are placed on us as women entrepreneurs. And here on this podcast, we are going to uncover some of the ways that we can go ahead and build a business that functions without us in the day-to-day, every single day. If you are a returning listener, thanks for sticking around. It is summertime here at the time I'm recording this episode, and it has gotten a little difficult, to say the least, to find that extra time to do the recording. And if you're a mom out there listening, I'm sure you are feeling my pain between figuring out when we're going to work, how we're going to drop kids off at day camp, how we're going to get kids to choir lessons and orchestra lessons and baseball games and all that fun stuff that comes with summer. So because of that, I thought you might enjoy if we just did a summer series where I break down some concepts that are going to be very helpful for you this time of year, and shorten the episodes just a little bit. So for the next couple of episodes, we're just going to dive straight into the topic of the day. And in a few episodes, we will get back to our Women in the Spotlight segment and also our What's on My Mind Outside of Business. Today, we're going to talk about what happens when you enforce accountability in your business. 
this is something that's been happening to some of my clients. And we're just going to talk about what to expect and how to avoid some of those growing pains that happen when you start to implement accountability. Before we get into how to do this, I want to just do a quick recap of what it actually means to start holding people accountable. A lot of times when we start looking at accountability, what we have found is we have staff members who are really good at doing tasks. They're good at doing the tasks they are assigned, and they're also good at doing the tasks that are included in their job descriptions. What they're not good at doing is owning those outcomes. So when we start to hold people accountable, what that looks like is providing them with clear expectations of what their job entails. And we do that through writing very detailed and descriptive job descriptions. We do that through creating an accountability chart that defines all of the different functions and processes of the business and assigns someone to oversee those functions and processes. And we also do that through goal planning. So as we're planning our goals, we're mapping out what's important to the business in the next 90 days and what milestones are required to achieve that. And we're assigning responsibility to somebody to oversee that particular goal or milestone to make sure that it gets completed. Holding people accountable also means we're starting to measure outcomes or we're measuring performance and we are tracking milestones. And we do this using the scorecard, which if you go back and listen to episode 43, which is tracking and keeping score, I'm going to tell you all about the scorecard, what it is, how it works, how to set one up. That's going to be a great episode for you to figure out how to use that scorecard to hold people accountable and to measure outcomes and performance. Another way we can measure outcomes and performance and track milestones is through team calls. So the way I use team calls with my teams and my clients that we are managing is to keep them focused on what's important. And part of what's important is, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Because if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, then the business should be headed in the right direction. So we look at the scorecard to make sure what we're doing is working. We look at our goals to make sure we are making progress on them. And that is how we hold people accountable. One last way that we hold people accountable is to give them ownership over their function or process that they are overseeing and the outcomes of the tasks and responsibilities that are involved in managing those functions and processes. So earlier when we were talking about a lot of employees are good at managing tasks, that's checking a checkbox on a list, right? But if you have ownership over the entire function or the entire process that's involved in that task, what that means is then you take decision-making power in that function, in that process, you are monitoring how it's working and monitoring what's happening with it. 
and you are also pulling levers. So if something is not working or needs to be changed, you are making sure you understand what are the things that could change and how would that affect the outcomes of what it is you're responsible for. So that is what taking ownership looks like, which is much different than doing a task because the task could get completed, but we might find that the task that we've completed didn't add any value or it wasn't connected to any other part of the business or to any other outcome. And if nobody's watching that, we're continuing to check tasks off of our task list that aren't moving the needle. And that's not good. So when you implement these things, you implement clear expectations, you implement performance measurement and milestone tracking, and you implement ownership over functions and processes, people are gonna get worried or they're going to be ecstatic, one or the two. So The first thing that can happen when you start holding people accountable is that they're going to step up. And that's really what we hope happens in all of these situations. If they step up, that tells us we have the right person in the right seat. It means they get what they're doing. They get it. They get what they're doing. They get what the business is all about. They get the purpose of why they are there, why they are in your business and, and how they are contributing to your business's vision. And they also have a desire to do that thing that you're asking them to do. They are motivated. So they will step up and it will be easy for them because when when your staff gets it, they don't need to be told what to do because they innately understand and have kind of that skill set. But if they don't step up, here are a couple of other things that can happen. And these other things that can happen are some of the reasons a lot of business owners are afraid to implement accountability because it means that some of their staff might self-select out. What do I mean by that? It means they'll quit. We see this happen a lot when we implement accountability. I'm not going to say a lot. It does not happen a lot, but we see it happen on occasion where you will implement accountability and all of a sudden somebody is like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm caught. So you either catch somebody who's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Maybe they're skating by because nobody is monitoring them and there are no systems in place to make sure that they're doing what they need to be doing. Or they might quit or self-select out because they just no longer are a fit for that role. So they might not be the right person for that seat. And so they might be unhappy in that new accountability, or they might not be capable of doing the job. So they might realize that I don't understand this. I don't get this. I'm never going to be able to perform. And so I'm just going to go find something that's a better fit for me. If they don't select out and they still aren't the right person for the seat, then they will need to be terminated. And the way that you will tell that they are not the right person for the seat is if they cannot make decisions on their own, they're still needing to be micromanaged, they're still coming to you for direction, they're not taking 
their things, their roles, their processes, their functions, and running with them. You can tell by monitoring their scorecard and monitoring their progress on their milestones or the functions that they're managing. So if you need to let them go, you'll need to do that quickly. Or you might even decide that there's another accountability, an area, a function that they would be a better fit in. And, you know, sometimes it's easier to move them cross-functionally into a different position than to terminate them. If you are terminating somebody, we want to be sure that you're using your scorecard for documentation. And, And by that, I mean We can't just let somebody go to let them go in some situations. So we want to have some sort of documentation that there's a reason this person isn't the right fit anymore. And if we're using the scorecard, we have documentation that their performance is not satisfactory or it's not meeting expectations. And I do want to encourage you, if you have this available to you, to consult uh, your HR professional if you need support terminating someone. It's usually going to be fine, but if you have that support and it's available to you, you can ask for assistance in making those decisions and making sure that the process of the determination is legal and ethical and all of that good stuff. So like I said earlier, a lot of business owners are hesitant to implement accountability because you may possibly be asking people to step up, right? So maybe your staff has gotten by so far with checking their list, right? Sometimes it's an easy thing to do. And we and when we ask them to step up, we're asking them to think for themselves and to participate and to own their own role. And so we're hesitant to ask that because we think that maybe they'll quit or we'll lose staff. And I, I'm here to remind you that if someone on your team is not the right person for the seat that you're looking to fill, getting them off the team as quickly as possible is to your benefit. I have seen so many businesses trying to give their staff second chances or give them opportunities or the benefit of the doubt, even though we know that they are not the right person for that seat. And what that does for your business is it drives down employee morale in a lot of ways. Because first of all, you have somebody that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and that affects everybody else. It can affect how other people do their jobs. It can affect how other people feel about the company culture. Um, There's a lot of reasons that could be bad for employee morale. It also creates inefficiency because, first of all, the things that need to get done aren't getting done or they're not getting done right. You or some of your other staff members may be spending extra time trying to manage this person who's not the right fit or navigate the situation. You've got lost opportunity because obviously this is a piece of the business that's fundamental to your everyday operations. And if it's not getting done or not getting done well, that's costing you something, whether it's costing you revenue or costing you increased expenses. And then not to mention, like I said, the extra time. So if something's not getting done, maybe you have other staff members 
that are having to take, you know, take extra time to fill in the gaps and lost money. So it's best to make the decision quickly, even though it's a hard one, even though you may have a great personal relationship with this person and they might be the most wonderful person in the world, the decision needs to get made quickly. And what you can do to prepare for this situation is as you are creating accountability, one of the things we do with our clients is once we have our accountability charts created, we go through all of the job descriptions that belong to that accountability chart and we update them and we make sure that they include innate characteristics of the person that we're looking for because those are things that cannot be learned and they're probably more important than the knowledge and the skill that's actually um, required to do the job. So we update our job descriptions with those things. We update our job descriptions to make it very clear what this role is going to be accountable for and how their how their performance is going to be measured or what their performance is going to be measured against. And then we kind of include some of the day-to-day tasks that are going to be involved in completing the role. And so we're making sure those job descriptions are up to date and ready to go because if somebody is leaving you can just pop that job description out onto wherever you are recruiting new positions and be ready to go with it. And then the last thing I'm going to mention here and being prepared to hold people accountable is when it works, it's amazing. Even if you have to let somebody go, what you're doing is making room for a better fit person to come and fill that gap. And once that better fit person joins your team, you're going to have more delegation opportunities. You're going to have better performance. You're going to sleep better at night. You're going to have less stress and you are going to have more time to yourself to not worry about your business. And it's going to either grow or maintain whatever it is that your goal is. So to summarize... Holding people accountable is not easy. Creating the accountability structure to begin with is not easy. And implementing it takes some time and some know-how. But when it happens, it is a good thing. There are good results, even if there are difficult situations that you have to navigate. But that's what this episode is all about, is preparing you for those difficult situations, because if you're prepared for them, when they happen, they won't come as a surprise and you will be mentally and emotionally prepared to manage them and move your business along to the next level. Honey, what is it that you wanted to tell our listeners today? Get out there and break some boundaries and do it for me and my generation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. If you enjoyed this episode, would you be willing to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in? You can connect with me on LinkedIn using the link in the show notes. And until next week, don't be afraid to get out there and break some boundaries.